Welcome to T-Row Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Christine Akins, and I'm delighted to be your host. I've spent my career helping people prepare for retirement. My colleagues joining me today are financial professionals who help people on the retirement journey, whether they're planning for retirement or are already there. If today's episode was a game show category, I think it would be potpourri, meaning that we're going to cover a variety of topics. We know that retirement is different for everyone, and a lot of the unknowns about the future can be confidence killers. So we decided to post a question to some folks in our research panels to see what was on people's minds. We asked them, if you had the chance to talk to a financial professional about your retirement, what one question would you ask? Well, we received a bunch of questions. And to help answer them, I'm glad I have two certified financial planner professionals with me today, Eric Lubkert and Samantha Smith. Welcome to the show, Eric and Sam. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Christine. Happy to be here. Well, we have about a dozen questions to discuss, so let's get started. Eric, let's start with you. The first question we received is, is it really possible to catch up if I got a late start saving for retirement? Thanks for the question, Christine, and glad to be here. Uh, No, it's not too late. It's never too late to start. My suggestion would be that as soon as possible, you begin thinking a bit about what retirement looks like for you. So this is really what we would refer to as goals discovery. What are the goals that you're hoping to achieve? When do you want to retire? How much might you want to spend in retirement? And we'll talk a little bit more today about how to, to sort through those questions. And then after that, you'll want to assess whether or not you're on track to meet those goals. Again, something that we're going to focus on in today's conversation. Sam, would you add to that? So there's always things that you can do when it comes to bettering your retirement. So maybe you started a little bit later, but you can save more today. Think about changing when you retire. You can change your budget today in response to what it might be in retirement or to better leave some room to save or spend less in retirement. So there's more that you can do in prepping for that retirement goal than just simply saving more. But yes, saving as much as you can, taking advantage of the opportunities you have to save more in retirement such as maxing out your contributions in a workplace plan, taking advantage of company match if that's offered. All of that can go a long way in meeting those retirement goals. That's great. Thank you, Sam. You know, we've received a few questions around priorities. So the next question we have is, should I pay off my mortgage before I retire? Sam, how would you respond to that? That's a very common question is trying to decide where their money should be going on an ongoing basis. And paying off that mortgage or at least putting more money towards that mortgage is a common question. And the answer to that is usually there's better places to go than simply paying off your mortgage early. So making you prioritize and think about prioritizing savings goals. So saving more for retirement, especially because you have the power of compounding in a retirement plan and investment account, potentially paying down other types of debt that may not better serve you as a mortgage is one of those few that have some benefits to it. And all of that can lead to a larger overall retirement balance. But if you do pay off your mortgage prior to retiring, it can give you less expenses in retirement. So that way you don't have to spend quite as much as what you were used to before or in your working years. 
I can add a comment or two to Sam's great answer there. One thing that a retiree or pre-retiree might want to consider is the interest rate of their mortgage. So to Sam's point, it doesn't always make sense to pay it off. If you have a very low interest rate on your mortgage and you believe that you'd be able to earn more by investing in the market, then you might actually want to hold that mortgage. If unfortunately you've locked in a fixed rate that is higher, which as interest rates increase, that might be the case for some people, maybe it does make sense to pay that off before saving additional dollars. And the other piece of that too is using retirement plans to pay off that mortgage. That's also a consideration. And that can impact your level of taxes in a given year, depending on how you saved. Taking a lump sum out of a retirement account can add some additional taxable burdens when you're using that in a larger amount to get that house paid off in full. Really great insights. Let's stay on this topic of priorities. You know, many families with school-aged children have this question, how do I balance saving for college versus retirement? Sam, what are your thoughts on that? So when I talk to people on a regular basis on this question, I have this analogy of flying on airplanes. For some of us, it might have been a little bit longer since we were last on a flight, but anytime you get on on an airline, they have those safety briefings where they're talking about if something happens, the oxygen masks fall down, you'll want to put your oxygen mask on first before you help those around you. And the reason for that is if you don't have your oxygen mask firmly on your face, you could pass out before you're able to help someone else. And then now you're relying on that help yourself. The same thing happens when it comes to your savings priorities, where a lot of parents sacrifice their own retirement savings in order to save for their children's college. And that results in a payback scenario. So I'm going to pay for your college now, but now I'm going to need your support in retirement. So it's very important to think about at least staying on track with your own retirement savings goals, trying to meet those benchmarks, and then budgeting for that additional college savings rather than sacrificing that own retirement goal for the sake of saving for that college education. So there are many different ways that individuals can fund college. You can do that with grants or scholarships. You could do that by investing in specific accounts like 529 or education savings accounts. The options for retirement are a bit limited. You can't really borrow money for retirement. So building on Sam's answer there, you might just want to think a bit about that as the prioritization. That's great. Thank you both. We have a few questions around portfolios. So, Eric, let's turn to you. The next question we have is, how should I be investing my portfolio as retirement approaches? Yeah, great question. Certainly a popular one that we get from clients. So I guess I'll start by saying that generally, investors should invest more conservatively as they age. However, as somebody enters retirement, oftentimes they view this as the moment they need to change everything about their investment strategy. And I would say that that's not always the best decision. So while income in retirement is generally a goal for investors, it's really not their only goal. I would argue that income and continued growth within their portfolio is really important, and here's why. If somebody retires at 65, they're not going to spend 100% of their investments that year. They're probably not even going to spend all of their investments within the next decade or two. So somebody needs to invest not only to have money in their mid and late 60s, but also 70s, 80s, and hopefully even beyond. 
The last comment I'll make here is one about inflation, certainly a popular topic these days. While an investor might want to get a bit more conservative, the risk in getting too conservative, and what I mean by that is too much focused on fixed income investments like bonds and cash equivalents like money market funds, is that you might not have enough growth in your portfolio to keep up with inflation. And that's really the risk of your money not maintaining its purchasing power. So that's really the balance that you're looking to strike is you want to get more conservative because you're using your investments, but at the same time, you don't want to go too conservative so that you're actually losing to inflation. Let's continue on that line of thought. The next question that we've received is, can I and should I make changes to my investments after retirement? Sam, can you help us with that? And this actually came up with some pre-retirees that I've recently spoke to where they actually pre-retirement moved all of their portfolios into a cash or cash equivalent because they didn't think they could move their investments after they retired. And the answer is yes, you can. Throughout retirement for workplace plans, individual plans, the investments are flexible and that you can make changes as you go. And you should, as your time horizons change, as your goals change, your thoughts and feelings on investing and and your lifestyle change, you might need to adjust your portfolio based on that. Very important though, not to try with retirement savings to make responses to the market because those and what you're seeing on the news can always, always change. You want to still keep that long-term perspective based on your goals. Great. And building on that, Eric, when do you reallocate your portfolio? As we talked about earlier, the older you get, the more conservative you want to be. And retirement is clearly an inflection point where not only are you older than you once were, but you're also at a point where your goals might be different. You might be spending from your investments, whereas you might not have done that previously. It's also important to recognize that reallocating your portfolio as you approach retirement makes sense because you now have a shorter time horizon for loss recovery and for adjusting your plans. So as an example, if a 40-year-old is invested very aggressively and loses 10 or 20% of their portfolio in a market correction, they might have 20 or 30 years to make that back. And that might not only provide them with comfort, but also enable them to change their plans and maybe retire slightly later or save slightly more. When you're approaching retirement, you don't really have that option or your option set is severely limited. So as you approach retirement, you may want to consider adjusting your strategy to be a bit more conservative and a reallocation of your portfolio. One way to consider what asset allocation might be appropriate for you is to take a look at what we refer to as age-based options. A variety of companies have these available for investors, and they're focused on an investment strategy that that company believes is appropriate for a particular year in which someone targets retirement. So for example, there might be an investment focused on clients retiring in 2025 or for investors retiring in 2040. And you could start with that and then adjust up or down the amount of equity exposure within the portfolio based on your specific needs as well as your risk tolerance. I think there's a few different ways you can do that as well in your own portfolios. If you're making contributions from your paycheck still, you can choose the new money to be invested different than the existing portfolio. You can change your existing portfolio moving forward. And this is where you may rebalance your entire accounts 
That's where you're taking a look at the individual percentages that you want in specific investments or investment types and putting them to meet your needs. So it doesn't have to be an all or one answer. You can do that slowly as you go. You can do it all at once, but important to think of all of those considerations when you're making those adjustments to your portfolio. Great. Let's shift over to saving. How do I know if I've saved enough to retire? Sam, can you help us with that? That's such a great question because not everyone's number is the same. There's so many different expectations that people have for how they want to retire, when they want to retire, where they retire. And so not everyone is going to have the same timing. But in general, a way to see if your account balances are going to cover enough of your expenses is to take a look at what we call the 4% rule of thumb. It's where you can look at your balances. Take a look at your total balance, look at 4%, and if that annual amount is enough or not to meet your annual expenses. If that works, if it's more than what you need, if it's right on the money, you might be looking at a good retirement. If it's less than, then that means you want to consider saving more to make that goal a realistic one. Or you can look at that and say, okay, that's not enough. How much do I have to make up that difference? That 4% is a good way of seeing if that's going to be enough for your annual income. But if you're further from retirement and have many more savings years, one might want to consider the savings benchmarks for your age. For example, by the time you're 60, considering anywhere between six times and 11 times your salary saved. By the time you reach 65, you'd want about seven and a half to 14 times your salary saved. And that's a good way to see ongoing if you're on track for some of the goals you're trying to reach. Eric, did you want to add to that? Sure. Maybe I'll add a little bit to the 4% rule of thumb that Sam mentioned before. She was referring to this as a way to take a look at the amount of income you could derive from your current portfolio balance. I'll just look at it from the opposite perspective. It's the same guideline, but it could be helpful for different people in different situations. So if somebody knows how much they believe they will need per year in retirement, they can use that to understand what that total portfolio balance might be. So for example, if somebody needed $60,000 a year in retirement, if you do the math, that's a $1.5 million portfolio. If they already have $2 million saved several years before retirement, you're generally in great shape. If you only have a million dollars saved or $1.2 million in my example, you might want to save a little bit more to prepare. So the next question that was posed to us is how can I prepare for the cost of health insurance and long-term care insurance? Sam, let's start with you. Absolutely. And healthcare is one of the things that make it harder for individuals to retire prior to age 65, which is when Medicare kicks in. Medicare is the governmental retiree medical program 65 is the age in which you can sign up for that program. However, there is an application window of three months prior to three months after that date of birth, but it's a very fixed and rigid date. You can't really flex that if you're retiring early. 
When you think about Medicare, there's a lot of different programs out there, a lot of different parts to your Medicare and medical benefits. Part A being that's your primary, that's going to be the hospital insurance. But knowing what additional benefits you might need in retirement and what the pricing can cover there is open enrollment in different programs that you can look at to find out what in your area that coverage and the coverage cost may be. So long-term care can be expensive and looking at your Medicare benefits, they don't cover for long-term care in perpetuity. So if you think of illnesses like Alzheimer's and dementia, where you may need to be hospitalized potentially for life, that's not going to be covered under a Medicare benefit, but it would be covered under your long-term care insurance. So you can get that care that you need later in life. Another thing to consider is if your employer offers a high deductible health plan, you may have the opportunity to also save in an HSA or health savings account, which gives you the opportunity to save ongoing for healthcare tax-free if you're using it for qualified health care expenses. And those HSAs get to continuously roll over from year to year. So that can be a retirement savings tool as well, because you can take that HSA with you into retirement and also use that for your health care expenses in retirement whether that's paying for Medicare premiums or paying for some of the out-of-pocket costs that you may receive with those benefits in retirement. Let's stay on that topic of retirement. The next question that we received is, should I take Social Security when I retire? Eric, how would you respond to that? Thanks, Christine. Oftentimes, this is the primary or maybe the largest source of their retirement income. So unlike Medicare, as Sam was referring to previously, you do have options as to when you begin taking Social Security payments. So there's what we refer to as the full retirement age, which varies based on birth year, but is generally around age 66 or 67. And then you can take it early, as early as age 62, or you can take it late. And basically, there are trade-offs associated with taking it early or taking it late. So in regards to when you take Social Security, the earlier you take it, the smaller the payments, but for more years. And the longer you wait is the opposite. You have larger payments, but over fewer years. And you are, for the most part, locking in that decision once made. While in isolation, the decision is generally a bet on life expectancy, there are some other variables one should consider. So as an example, if you retire at age 65, but you don't take your social security payments until 68, that means you'll have three years where you're gonna have to replace that income from other sources. So for more information on the details of social security, we do have another podcast episode that's titled How Social Security Works. So I would suggest checking that out if you're interested. For some retired people, they still find a way to work. What might they need to consider while they're still collecting social security? So this part is really determined by their age. So if the retiree is full retirement age, there's really no impact to their social security benefits other than the taxability or potential taxability of those benefits. But if they are claiming their benefits before full retirement age, so claiming the benefits as early as age 62, then social security does limit their income. 
So each year they have income limits and any money they make above that, then their social security benefits are reduced by $1 for every two they make above that limit. So let's just say they made an extra $20,000 above that limit this year. That means their social security benefits will be reduced by $10,000 in that year. So that's where if you are continuing to work or considering to work, waiting to claim your benefits until after full retirement age can give you larger payments for life, but also keep that reduction going forward. I would add that when it comes to Social Security, even if you have many years before you're even considering taking that benefit, go online to ssa.gov, that's the Social Security website, and keep up with your payments, the amounts, and that benefit, especially because those benefits are based on your highest 35 years worth of earnings. You wanna make sure that those are correct. It's a lot easier to go back and see what last year's earnings were two years than trying to go back 20 to know if they're correct or missing. So that is something that at any age, even though it's far from thinking about taking that benefit, it can be something good to look at as you go. We've received a few questions circling around this idea of in retirement. So Eric, uh, the first question is, how can I create an income stream in retirement? Yeah, good question. I'll give a little bit of an overview here. We do have another podcast episode referred to as Understanding Retirement Income for those that are looking to dig a little bit deeper. So once someone retires, probably the first place to start, assuming you have a decent understanding of your expenses, is to add up any income sources that you have. We just talked about Social Security, which is a popular income source. Some people might have pensions or other income received from former employers Anything else beyond that might have to come from one's portfolio. And then there are a variety of strategies, some that are focused on specific investments or some that are more focused on a sustainable withdrawal rate. We referred to that 4% rule of thumb before. And while everyone's situation is different, that's a good way to understand how much you might be able to take from your portfolio in addition to other income sources. So a follow-on question is, What will I be taxed on in retirement? And how do I avoid getting overly taxed? Eric, how would you respond to that? Certainly a popular question. We always want to make sure that we're being tax efficient or tax aware about our strategies. So I'm happy to talk a bit about that. So first, I think it's important to understand that income is generally taxable. So if you earn income in retirement through employment or pensions, that's generally going to be taxable. Most people end up paying federal income tax on social security payments. However, no one pays tax on more than 85% of their social security benefits. Investment earnings such as dividends and capital gains are taxed the year in which they're received, regardless of whether or not they're used. In addition to the income just discussed, you also have account withdrawals. And I'll refer to this in three different buckets, tax deferred investments, tax free investments, and taxable investments. Tax deferred investments are going to be traditional IRAs, rollover IRAs, traditional 401ks. These are dollars that got a tax benefit upon contribution, but taxes are owed on distribution. The second bucket is tax-free investments, which would be generally Roth IRAs. 
So a Roth IRA contribution received no tax benefit, but a qualified distribution comes out tax-free. And then the third bucket would be taxable investments, or often referred to as non-retirement accounts. And earnings, such as dividends and capital gains, are going to be taxed the year in which they're received. Sam, the next question we've received is, how do I find someone to help me with my finances? So there are many ways that someone can find a financial professional. Word of mouth, so understanding who your friends and family have had experience with and success in your neighborhood. You can look at reviews online. You can look at FINRA, which is the governmental licensure program for financial professionals. You can look at the CFP website for other certified financial planners in your area. You can look by zip code and see who's near you. Certainly take advantage of reaching out, talking to those people before you set up that contract or relationship with these individuals so you know that you have the same goals in mind. But financial professionals could be compensated in a lot of different ways when you are getting that additional financial advice or financial support. So it could be flat fee-based. It could be a percentage of the assets under management, so the money that you have with that individual. And that can change based on the services they provide. So are they going to have to outsource for some of the additional services like building an estate for you, setting up trusts, talking about your taxes, filing your taxes. So all of that can change the level of service that they provide, but also the cost that they may charge to have that ongoing relationship. But making sure that you're reaching out, making sure you're getting the right relationship with that individual so they can help you with your goals moving forward. Those are really great points. The other way that you can get some support is if you have a workplace retirement plan, your record keeper may offer some additional support, education, guidance whenever it comes to your retirement planning. That's actually what I do every day is help others in their retirement plans, their workplace retirement plans, get an idea of their benefits, their strategies, and give that extra support. So take a look at those benefits that you may have through your employer or your financial institutions that you already have. Well, this has been a great conversation. Let's summarize a few key takeaways for our listeners. Eric, what would you highlight? Thanks, Christine. I agree. It's been a good discussion. I would say that it's not too late. If individuals have these questions as they're approaching retirement, know that many other people do as well. Start with a basic understanding of what you're trying to accomplish, maybe when you plan to retire and a rough estimate of what you might need year by year and go from there. And as Sam was just referring to, if you need help, certainly ask for it. There's a lot of financial professionals that specialize in exactly this. There are so many ways that you can retire and, of course, so many different goals and ideas for how people want to retire. So retirement's not a one-size-fits-all. So making sure that you're getting that personalized look at your retirement, look at your balances can really go a long way because how you want to retire, when you want to retire can be very different than your neighbors, your coworkers, the people around you. So make sure that you look at your specifics, your goals, Think about them early, think about them often, and that will lead you to success. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time for us to start wrapping the discussion. We want to leave our listeners with a parting thought or a next step. Sam, let's start with you. 
some things to take away outside of today is looking at your accounts, looking at your balances, try to put them all together and look at everything that you may be doing for retirement or you may have for retirement altogether. So looking at the different opportunities to save, how you'll be receiving income in retirement, and how that can relate to the plans you want to have or you may need to have based on how you've planned so far. Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say the first thing I'll mention is congratulations. You're thinking about retirement. You're planning for it. That's really exciting. There's a variety of things that we've talked about here. These are really all decisions that each person will have to make individually. Together, it might seem overwhelming, but if you break them down individually and you think about when to take Social Security or how you're going to cover your medical expenses or what your strategy is for taking money from your portfolio, it becomes a lot less intimidating once you think of those decision by decision. And as I mentioned before, there are certainly a lot of financial professionals that are able to help as needed. Well said. Well, thank you both for joining me today. This has been a terrific conversation. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Christine. Again, I'm Christine Akins, and thank you for listening today and throughout season two. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I hope your next step towards retirement is a confident one. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice. These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates. The opinions and commentary provided do not take into account the investment objectives or financial situation of any particular investor or class of investor. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, all rights reserved. T. Rowe Price, invest with confidence, retire with confidence, the Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, and T. Rowe Price Investment Management Incorporated are affiliated companies.